Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people. Part blistering workplace satire, part creepy thriller, The Other Black Girl packs a lot of punches. One of the buzziest novels of 2021, it's now a Hulu series about a woman whose new office friendship may not be what it appears. I'm Linda Holmes, and today we're talking about The Other Black Girl on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you own a business, then suddenly a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. Would you add an extra shift, shift office hours, install those weird sleeping pod things? You can try to figure it out on your own or just get ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything, even unexplainable cosmic events that end up granting humanity an extra hour a day. ADP. Always designing for people. This message comes from NPR sponsor Be My Guest with Ina Garten, a podcast from Food Network. Intimate and captivating conversations with new and old friends. Jennifer Garner, Frank Bruni, Emily Mortimer, and more. Listen to Be My Guest wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep at night. Mattress Firm's sleep experts receive 200-plus hours of training annually to help you get your best rest. Upgrade your sleep with a Tempur-Pedic mattress made with a -a one-of-a-kind, infinitely adaptable temper material for exceptional support to help alleviate aches and pains. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. Joining me today is the host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, Brittany Luce. Hi, Brittany. Hello. And also with us is Soraya Nadia McDonald, senior culture critic for Anscape. Welcome back, Soraya. Hello, hello. Nice to be back. Absolutely. I'm delighted to have you both. The Other Black Girl is about a woman named Nella, played by Sinclair Daniel, who's a young editorial assistant at a very white publishing company. She's surprised one day when, as the title suggests, another black girl is hired. Her name is Hazel. She's played by Ashley Murray. And the two form a fast friendship. Hazel is confident, a bit mysterious, and as it turns out, full of secrets. The show involves a lot of questions about what it's like for Nella in her incredibly white workplace and what having Hazel around brings to her life. These things are getting better. Are they? You can't wear your preferred lotion in the workplace? Okay. But you're here, so now there's two of us. That must mean something is going in the right direction. The system is changing. We're changing it. Yes, we are. We won't give away too much of what follows, but we will get into some spoilery territory later in the conversation. We'll give you a warning when we're doing that. So if you want to watch it totally fresh, watch it before you listen. Before we get started, there are a couple extra things that you should know, particularly about uh, Zakia Dalila Harris, who wrote the novel and developed the show with Rashida Jones. Zakia Dalila Harris is the sister of Aisha Harris, one of the hosts of Pop Culture Happy Hour. Aisha had no involvement in this episode, though, did not participate in any of the discussions of whether to cover the show. My favorite fun fact is that when I read this book, I slacked our editor, Jessica Reedy, and I said, I'm reading the most amazing book. It is this book called The Other Black Girl. 
And Jessica said, you know, that's Aisha's sister. (laughs) And I said, I absolutely did not. So at any rate, she has stayed firmly out of it, but we definitely wanted you to know. The other Black Girl is streaming now on Hulu. I think we all had things that we appreciated about it, things that we questioned about it. Brittany, I want to start with you. What do you think this show is trying to be about? That's a really good question. So I'll say I did not read the book. Mm -hmm. So I came in pretty fresh. I had an idea that something sinister was going to be afoot, but I didn't know what all was going to happen once Nella and Hazel May got together. Yes. I think what the story is trying to do, I think what the series is trying to do is satire. A lot Mm -hmm. of aspects of the series work. I think the performances are really strong. The direction is strong. Honestly, I just something to say, like I watch a lot of, Black content, Black entertainment. And a lot of times, series like this will get cheaped out budget-wise. But I was like, oh, like we've got current music. We've got like on-location filming. Uh So it was good to look at. And like the first four or five episodes to me, I really enjoyed. I felt like the relationship between Nella and Hazel May, I felt like it progressed in a way that was interesting. And I felt like the snapshots into another like Black girl twosome from the past was also really interesting. And I actually wanted to stay in that world a little longer. Yeah. But by the time I got to the end, wherein like a lot of things have been revealed, I was hoping for a little bit more bite to the satire. And I was left a little bit confused by the story. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think that what it's trying to do is get at both some of the really crappy parts about being one of the only Black people in your workplace in a professional space or educational (laughs) space, and also about some of the racial identity insecurities of the main character. And I think that that's augmented through her relationship with this other Black woman. Right. Because a lot of it is intra-racial dynamics between the two of them and the other women, particularly the women that Hazel knows. One of the things, though, that I kept coming back around to was like, I was confounded sometimes by the idea that the other Black girl was this threat. Mm -hmm. But I know that that's a real thing for some people. So I felt like that was what the series was trying to do. Yeah. I believe you've read the books, right? Yeah. I did, yes. I feel like the show is more open than the book about revealing earlier that there's something like genuinely like creepy and not right going on as opposed to the book, which I think plays more like a straight workplace satire Hmm. at the beginning and you start to get more of like a, oh, no, wait, oh, this is like a different kind of thing. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I think that change is actually for the best. Mm -hmm. I like the pacing of the show. I think it works much better introducing this, like, something quite right Uh (laughs) earlier than in the book, because the thing that actually kind of took me out of it a little bit was the fact that I'm like, well, Nella doesn't like these people. I don't like these people. Why are we spending so much time with these people? (laughs) I quit. I was like, girl, get a different job. Quit. (laughs) I feel like there were so many sort of white characters who were actually kind of ancillary in Nella's life who are much more sort of drawn out, sometimes unnecessarily, because I couldn't keep track of all of them (laughs) necessarily. And I think the show is much more sort of focused and I think has some clarity, both in terms of the kind of archetypes that it's leaning into and using those, I think, often to great effectiveness. You know, as you were sort of talking about, like, it's sort of satire. Is it satire? Is it just satire? But it's not like 
100%, you know, perfectly achieved. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking about back when Jordan Peele was promoting Get Out, someone asked him if it was a thriller or horror, and he said documentary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I think the other Black girl, the satire feels like documentary. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. The white characters in the show, there's a lot of kind of focus on them, particularly at the beginning. And then, I mean, as you go forward also toward the end. But, I mean, I think the big ones in the workplace setting are this editor, Vera, who's played by Bellamy Young, who you might know as the first lady on Scandal for many, many years, who I think is, like, quite good in this as, like, at the beginning, she's this very powerful, kind of obnoxious, rude editor that essentially Nella works for slash with. And you also have the head of the publishing company, who is this guy played by Eric McCormick, who was Will on Will and Grace. And turns out to be, I think, like a pretty effective, menacing, seemingly nice, but actually terrible boss. Yes? No? Yeah, I thought he played that well, I have to say. Yes. Also, Nella has a boyfriend who's a white guy. Mm -hmm. But I do think as you go deeper into it, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, Sarai, that you mentioned the thing about like, no, I doesn't like these people. Like, I don't like, because there is this kind of. But I, I, truly, like, this is the book. I think, like, the show, I think, right, sort of like right. elucidates this right. and makes it much more clear. Right. Because really, with, with the show, you kind of only get periodic visits with this kind of group of women exactly. that Hazel is close with who are like, They get together, they clearly are friends, but it also seems like maybe they have some other bond that's not completely clear yet. (laughs) But you don't spend as much time with them. And you do get, as we mentioned, a much earlier, even in the opening sequence of the show, you get more of like a, okay, there's something really like creepy and wrong beyond your basic bad workplace. Mm -hmm. One thing that I really appreciated about um, especially like the first half of the series where they're doing a lot of relationship building and world building is that like they do make very plain that it's like a horror and that yes. something horrific is going to be going on. So that by the end, something that I've heard from people who read the book is that some people felt like it was a straightforward kind of like work satire until they got to the end and they were like, whoa, <laughs> this is like, this is more than satire. There's horror. There's, There's elements of yes. horror. Yeah, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Definitely there was foreshadowing and also flashbacks and very straight up like horror iconography, horror tropes that were like employed throughout the first half so that when the events do unfold in the second half, you're not entirely caught off guard. Now, I will say, you can't get into the details and the mechanics of what all is happening. I did have some thoughts about that. I think that for me is where I was like, the satire kind of didn't fully curl for me. There's a character who's revealed to have had deep ulterior motives and who is looking to acquire and amass power for herself. To me, that aspect was, I was kind of confused about the motivations for this like black excellence, black ambition, black success. Was I as the viewer supposed to be critical of it or was I supposed to be understanding of it or was I supposed to feel ambivalent about it? I have my own like personal experience with this. So it wasn't something that I was like thinking too deeply about trying to understand. I think I was more so trying to figure out what is the series trying to say about that? Mm. The show has very ambitious themes that sometimes it doesn't quite sort of measure up to because they're all braided together. And so that 
like that just presents a challenge, right? Because, I mean, we've been talking a lot about sort of intra-racial dynamics, but then the other part of that is class. Mm-hmm. What also ends up being like really important in this series and kind of understanding people's motivations and I think eliciting some empathy for characters that we wouldn't necessarily assume we would have. The other thing, though, this idea that like Black women build community and there is an understanding that we grow up with that we kind of do the exact opposite of that, right? That kind of each one teach one. Right. That can be subverted is a very sort of potent fear but mm-hmm. also really challenging to manifest uh, yeah. on screen. Although, mm. you know, I think the actors who play Nella and Hazel May are actually quite good at that. I agree. We have all these nuances, you know, that kind of muddle things and make them maybe a little messier than we would like it to be because people are, you know, faulty. They're just they're not just one thing, right? Right. The other thing, right, that I think can be very uncomfortable insecurity about like one's own sort of belonging and blackness, right? I think one of the things that I appreciate about this series is that like it doesn't necessarily walk into just sort of like the easiest path of dealing with those things or of saying if this person went to a PWI, you know, predominantly white institution as opposed to an HBCU, that they are going to be sort of marked in a way I like that they're they're going there. I think it's interesting because it's something that doesn't get poked at enough. And I think as we see sort of more projects that are kind of twirling those themes around, they will get better at sort of like communicating the complications and yeah. nuances mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. them. Yeah, yeah. I think about the fact that part of what they're trying to do as we keep talking about is get at this idea of onlyness and that sort of relates to the relationship between Nella and her large group of white coworkers, a couple of whom are maybe a little broadly drawn, but I don't know that they're that broadly <laughs> drawn. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, that far? I was like, I've, I've met some of these people before for sure. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well, that's this is my point. And that part of it felt like it was accessible to me, right? Because hmm. – I certainly don't know what it's like to be in Nella's position, but I certainly know what it's like to work in mostly white workplaces. And I have had, you know, many conversations, both private and public, about what that experience is like if you are in Nella's position. And so that, to me, is accessible to me, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of plug into this. These are dynamics that are familiar to me, especially because I have worked in publishing. And so... There's a a cynicism about how editors digest books that I think is really interesting and cool. To me, it was interesting to see Brian Baumgartner, who played Kevin on The Office, (laughs) show up as this kind of um, misogynist jerk writer, you know, has written, you know, a whole bunch of these brick-sized books and brings in a ton of money for the publishing company. Those kinds of things are interesting. I think they work well. I think they were effective for me. But I do think there's this whole other world of these kind of delicate intra- racial conversations about Black women that don't feel as much, and I, I want to say I, this is a positive thing, right? I think are not are not really meant for mm-hmm. me to fully be able to digest in the same way, you know? And I think mm. that's a good thing because I watch that with a certain amount of like, 
these are things that I don't necessarily have the same grounding in. Obviously, spaces that are full of Black people only are spaces I have not ever been in, right? Hmm. And so I think it's interesting to see the ambition in some of what I think they're trying to do. I think that's where the show gets really ambitious and kind of more interesting and maybe more different from other shows is when Mm -hmm. they're trying to get into these questions of, you know, Nella feels when she meets Hazel May, like somehow Hazel May is a different, slightly different kind of black woman than she is. And she kind of reacts to that. And it piques her insecurity, right? Yeah. She's more fashionable. She went to an HBCU. Her hair is more interesting. She's more confident. comfortable with herself. And those things like intersect with things that, you know, can happen to anybody in a workplace or any woman in a workplace or in terms of this person is more glamorous than me. They fit in with the office culture better than I do. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of liked the fact that that didn't feel as much like something that I had talked about a million times with people. Mm. I felt like, okay, this is where the show is really kind of poking and prodding at stuff that feels really fresh and interesting to me because yeah. I have literally no direct experience with this at all. But I don't know how it plays for people who do have direct experience mm. with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it does feel like a really different thing to read about and hear about. Yes. I think there's sort of like a, a delicateness there, right? It's, what's what's that joke that, that Wanda Sykes used to tell um, white people can see you. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I do want to pivot for a bit because I want to talk about some of the things that eventually come out of this mystery. So if you haven't seen it yet and you want to be surprised, go and watch it on Hulu. So just be warned. That's what this section is. Okay, are you ready? Okay. So what we eventually find out is that this group that Hazel is part of has this sort of sinister plot involving a hair care product that is being used to essentially poison people's minds and make them kind of compliant. It tries to control, I guess, Black women like Nella and turn them into Black women more like Hazel. It's like a magic potion, essentially, that you put on hair. It's Black girl magic. It's Black girl blue magic. (laughs) Soraya, you wanted to talk about this series in relation to other shows with Black women characters that have more and more started to include and incorporate Mm -hmm. these things about hair and and wigs. Can you say more about that? Yes. But it also feels, in a way, like that sort of makes sense in a television landscape where, like, how to get away with murder, you know, has been off for years and we've had these sort of like wig removing scenes. And then we have homegirl and, and just like that and her little like wig scene in the bathroom from this past season, right? Like things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that is interesting is that the don't judge a book by its cover nest of Nella and Hazel and sort of your, I think what a lot of black people's kind of first assumptions of them would be, And kind of twisting that is interesting. I mean, you also just have a lot of sort of like internal politics going on. Hmm. So like Nella, you know, is in this world where she's still very much, and I think very realistically, like clinging to this idea that like, I can like become part of this institution and Mm -hmm. change it from the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's sort of this larger conversation that is happening amongst the characters in this show, which is like, is that even really like possible? Yeah. And I actually, I think it's to the credit of the actors 
that they make her sort of believably naive. Mm-hmm. All right, hmm. Brittany, I want to know what you think about the the hair thing. And also, I, I want to clarify one thing that I said, which is this group is kind of trying to take black women like Nella and turn them into black women like Hazel. I'm not sure what I think that means, but I, I think I know sure. what the group that's doing it thinks it means. What hmm. do you think it means? Okay, I'll be honest with you. I'm not fully sure. But what I think it is, is that Nella is presented earlier in the series as somebody who wants to be accepted by this very white, very storied institution, but also has the instinct to push back, to speak up if there's something going on that she doesn't like. So she has that instinct, but she suppresses it a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But something that Hazel May picks up on is like, mm, Nella's got a little something to say. Nella's not necessarily going to fall in line if you ask her on the low what she really thinks. And I think mm-hmm. the thing about Hazel May is that Hazel May is kind of like, she's a company woman. She's always going to try to placate the institution. Mm-hmm. The only times that you see her push back on the institution or speak up for Nella, you realize at the end, were as a way of gaining Nella's trust and gaining her confidence, only to you know do the ultimate bait and switch later. Now, as for the hair thing, I could see it being like a twist that could rankle some. I'm still not sure how I fully feel about it. Mm-hmm. I think the problem for me is the way it's rendered because like these are clearly wigs, right? Like Everybody's we can see. Wig, it's like, yes, you can't exactly. like, like I want to see some, some scalp. Some, right. Some like scalp. give me give me a rat tail comb. I want to see somebody making some parts <laughs> and and rubbing that grease, you know, in there. Well I will say though, I will say though, hair is money. Oh, yeah. Hair on screen is money. And I don't know how much money that would have been. Well, the thing for me is like, I think it could rankle some simply because like, it's like, okay, so there's evil hair grease that was formulated (laughs) by a black woman to make other black women submit in order to amass power. Like that part to me, I think I was still not quite sure of the motivation. So that's one thing. And I think the other thing is that I felt like even that was walked up to and backed off from a little bit. But then the other thing I'll say is that I felt like even... The hair grease angle, I feel like it's a fine line because it could be either kind of like, okay, I guess, or it could be like, wow, this is like, this is so campy, we went for it. And I think that there are a lot of elements like of that kind of were campy, which is like a big part of horror and I love horror that I thought worked really well. But I also felt like I was left without a full understanding or motivation for like to what end we're we're poisoning people's minds with like yeah, hair grease yeah diana right and diana who is played by garcelle bovet is this um celebrated writer who wrote one of nella's favorite books and there's an early bond between uh nella and hazel over the fact that they both love this book this person this one person has already amassed all this individual success but she also seemed very unconcerned about having like mega institutional success. There is a lot of Stepford Wives elements in here, but like the Stepford Wives, those men wanted to turn their wives into robots so that they could like have the ultimate servant, (laughs) you know, and help me. And so I think that's the thing that I'm wondering is I'm like, I I felt like I was missing a motivation. Yeah, I get that. And the other thing that I think is interesting, and, and you wouldn't have any way of knowing this, Brittany, but like the book has an end. You're right. That's not how the book ends because oh. the hope Mm-mm. is clearly to make more of this show. Oh. That's what the ambiguity So is. they've tried yeah. to leave you in a kind of middle place of that it will be okay if this is the end of the show. 
but it is also okay they can make more of the show. The book makes a decision about how this all ends for Nella that says something about what the book is. That might be why I was a little confused. I completely understand why they made the decision that they did, and I sort of... Yes, I would watch more of this with where they've set us up to go. I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. about what the future holds. Mm-hmm. But if you've read the book, you should know it ends differently, partly because in order to make it open-ended. For TV, right? Yeah. I assume. So you get a different shape to it because the book mm-hmm. ends with a kind of a thump that the show doesn't have. I would like to add one more thing, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Which sure. is... I also, I think the costuming designer is doing some interesting things. Mm -hmm. Also with kind of playing with viewers' sort of expectations. When we first see Nella, she is very much dressed as a company woman. And it's not just because of the style of her clothing, but she literally, she fades into the office, Mm -hmm. right? Because she wears like navy blues and like Mm -hmm. grays and, you know, and then you have uh, Hazel, you know, who shows up with her batik prints and bright colors. Her goddess locks. Yeah. Her goddess locks, right? Like, I really appreciated sort of the kind of storytelling elements that the the costuming designer was incorporating. I appreciate that sort of level of just thought and ambition and consideration in how all of these elements of the show, whether it's costuming, production design, act, like all of those things work together as opposed to just sort of being kind of like separate elements that kind of just get jumbled together. I agree. Very nice production design all around, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that you can tell that we all found this a very, very interesting and ambitious show that I think you know, I don't know that's completely successful, but it's extremely interesting. And I really like the performances. And I agree with the observation that it looks really good. I think it's really nicely made. It's nicely shot. It's nicely lit. Well, we want to know what you think about the other black girl now streaming on Hulu. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Soraya Nadia McDonald, Brittany Luce, thanks so much for being here to chat with me. Thank you. This was fun. It was a pleasure. This episode is produced by Hafsa Fathima and edited by Mike Katzif. Our supervising producer is Jessica Reedy. And Hello, Come In provides our theme music. Thank you all for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Linda Holmes, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com NPR and use code NPR.